uh, we're very thankful for what the Lord has done. We had two ladies this morning receive Christ as Savior, and uh, that was a blessing to see uh, some folks come to Christ already in the earlier service. John chapter 1, these opening verses to the Gospel of John describe Christ's glorious incarnation. We, uh, I think it's a deeply moving passage, these first I I would say first 9 to 12 verses are some of the best passages in describing the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thousands of sermons have been preached over these verses and yet no words of man can ever describe the true magnitude of these verses and especially fully explaining the deity of our Lord. I, I will try my best this morning by God's help to preach these verses to you on the Christ of Christmas. We've heard about the challenge of Christmas this morning, or or this this month rather, the the challenge of Christmas. We've we've even heard about the star of Christmas and the surrender of Christmas, but it leads me to the Savior of Christmas. Uh, No Christmas would be in, in its rightful place if it weren't for the Christ of Christmas. We uh, are thankful, as I said earlier, for family and friends and uh, neighbors and and, uh, we're family. uh, When we come to church, we see our church family and I'm thankful for all that. I I thank the Lord for it, but more importantly, uh, we should be thankful for the Christ of Christmas. If you're here today without Christ, my prayer is that you don't leave here empty, that you'll leave here with the Christ of Christmas. John chapter 1, the Bible says this in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Let's pray once again. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the beautiful Christmas music that we've heard and sang together and what a beautiful time we've had of communion and Uh, Lord, a representation of the light of the world, we're thankful for all that. But Lord, we come to our text. I pray that, Lord, you'll have our ears to listen, our hearts be ready for what God has to say for us today. We thank you for what you did in our earlier service this morning and the good attendance. And Lord, we pray for those that are watching this morning, maybe traveling out of town, and many, many families are. Lord, we thank you for what you've brought to us today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to preach for just a few minutes this morning on the Savior of Christmas. The first thing I come to in our text is verse number 1. We see the infinite Christ. Let's read that again, if you would, in verse number 1. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, Oliver B. Green said about this particular text, he said, The Word was personal. The Word was divine. Here is the very first of John's gospel that is presented, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, and what He is 
in himself. He is not presented in his relative character. He's not presented as Christ, the head of the church here. He's not presented as Christ, the high priest, but which both deal with the relationship that he has with man on earth. John's gospel begins with the divine and eternal existence of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal, the only begotten Son of God. We often see this designation, the Word. If you notice in verse 1 in my Bible, the Word is capital, capital W. This is not talking about the Word of God, uh, meaning what we have in our hands. It's talking about the Word in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ uh, is the Word of God. And we see this designation of the Word of used as Christ in the Bible. A little later, John says in John chapter 1 and verse 14, he said, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when Christ returns to earth at the end of the tribulation, John said this in Revelation 19. He said, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood... <clears throat> And his name is called the Word of God. So notice the Word is capitalized. The Word here is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's several things about the Word I want you to notice. First I want you to notice his pre-existence. Go back with me in verse number 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word. Now, now look at verse number 2. The same was in the beginning with God. So some teach that Jesus Christ started at Bethlehem. Listen, that is heresy. Jesus did not start at Bethlehem. Jesus has always been. He's God eternal. Jesus had no beginning. He's the eternal God. John Phillips says that in the beginning does not refer to a start, but rather an infinite state. Before uh, there was ever anything else, there was God. Amen? Jesus had no beginning, for He's eternal. The word beginning comes from the Greek word arche, which means uh, the, or it comes from the origins of that which is first. So in the beginning refers to the beginning of time as recorded to Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. In the beginning is not an idea that Christ had a beginning, but rather when time began, the Jesus already existed. Jesus Christ is eternal God, and before time ever existed, God was always there. Amen. We see that He was the pre-existent God. But also we see, number two, his position, because the Bible says in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. This is the position. John declares that the Word was with God. Now these words are rich. They're precious in truth. The phrase with God, it comes from that Greek word, uh, prostheos, which means to face and face. It means to face one another, face to face. So uh, Robert Cook, a commentator, he says this is a picture of two personal beings facing one another and engaging in an intelligent discourse. So from eternity, Jesus is seen as the distinct person and separate but co-equal with God. I'll go on to say this, that if you deny the deity of Christ, then you are not saved. Amen? 
you must believe that Jesus Christ is God, co-equal with God as is His Spirit. So we see, uh, first, we saw His preexistence. Secondly, we see His position. But thirdly, we see His person. Notice verse 1 again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Notice that last phrase, and the word was God. God wants to make sure that we get the fact that Jesus Christ is God. Amen. Jesus is God. His preexistence proves that He's God. His position being face-to-face with God expresses His deity here. But then we see the truth of His deity. It's very clear. Jesus Christ was not merely a man. He was God manifested in human form. He is the second person of the Trinity incarnate. Looking down from heaven, here's what God said about His Son in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17. He said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. God said that about His Son, Jesus. Paul said that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness in Romans chapter 1 verse 4. So the term Son of God clearly points to the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. He also said this in Luke chapter 1 verse 35. The angel answered and said unto her, which is Mary, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. That is the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We believe that here at Bible Baptist. I believe that as a preacher that God has always been and when God was coming to this earth to save the world in the form of a baby, he was born in Bethlehem prophesied by the Old Testament and it came to pass in the New Testament he grew up 33 and a half years he died on a cross that was God in the flesh and by the way, he rose again in the flesh and we believe that now notice that this is the Holy Ghost, the highest, God the Father, and Jesus, the Son of God. They're all referred to in Luke chapter 1, verse 35. This is the Trinity. We sang that song earlier. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, all three in one. Hey, we believe that they are all co-equal with one another. Amen? We believe that. You must believe that. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 5. Jesus answered them. He said this, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought there to, the more to kill him because he, was not, uh, because he had not only broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. The reason the Jews hated Jesus so much and they accused him of, of, of blasphemy is because uh, he uh, put himself on the same level with God. They denied that Jesus was God. My friend, listen. Them Pharisees hated the fact that Jesus said, I am God. I and the Father are one, is what they said. And so we must understand that, that the Jews heard Jesus, his proclamation of his deity, but like many today, they refused to believe even John the Baptist said 
He was the forerunner of Christ, and faithfully he heralded that. He said in, in, in uh, the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 40, speaking of John the Baptist, he said, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That was the role of John the Baptist, to prepare the way. He was the forerunner of the gospel. He made way uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, John, the writer of John, talks about John the Baptist, and he said he's not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. So he was there to proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, uh, Isaiah calls him the mighty God in Isaiah 9, 6. Matthew calls him God with us, Emmanuel, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Thomas even declared it. Oh, doubting Thomas, he said this, My Lord and my God, in John chapter 20 and verse 28. So in other place, God the Father refers to his Son as God. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 8, listen to this. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So there is, uh, this is God the Father, and he's, he's addressing his Son, Jesus Christ, as God. In Hebrews chapter 1, and verse number 8. So I hope this morning that you understand that that Jesus Christ is God. That is His position. That is His person. And understand that He has always existed. But how about this? We see His power. The Bible says, look with me in verse number 3 of John chapter 1. The Bible says, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. This verse right here declares the creative power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. We as Christians understand and believe that the Lord created all of this. This has all been created by the Lord Jesus. We see that in Scripture. I'll read to you here in just a minute. How in the world can you look at this world today and think that all of this just happened just ran into each other, just collided in the atmosphere, and here we are on earth, and all this. Listen to me. I know some of you may not get out of the state of South Carolina, and if you never got out of the state of South Carolina, there's still enough beauty in this state to say there is something bigger than, than molecules that made this. Amen? But I've been, I've been fortunate enough to travel literally the world and see God's creation. Listen, I, I, I had the privilege of just a few months ago to go to the Grand Tetons and Jackson Hole and, and uh, Yellowstone National Park and all of that. And let me tell you, you cannot leave that area of the country without saying, there is a God. And guess who created all of that? The Lord Jesus Christ was there at creation. And he spoke it by his power. Isn't that good? It's the power of God. The word created, it comes from the Hebrew word bara, which means to create something out of nothing. It speaks of creation. The root word of this verb is used exclusively in the Old Testament for God's activity. The psalmist said this, he said this in Psalms 33 and verse 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of His mouth. So the Lord created the world by the power, and He spoke it, listen to me church, He spoke it into existence. By the word of, hey, you, you young people in here this morning, 
You, you college age and you younger, you high schoolers, don't you ever let a professor talk you into believing that all of this happened to just, just run in. You didn't come from a monkey. You didn't come from an amoeba. You didn't come from some molecule. You were spoken into existence. God, hey, by the way, you have been wonderfully and beautifully created. Amen? Made in His image. Don't you believe that hogwash? Don't you believe what these universities are trying to, uh, trying to brainwash kids into believing? Listen, if God settles it or said it, that settles it. Amen? And we believe that God spoke this world into existence. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11, uh, here's what these elders that represents believers, uh, they're saying it right now around the throne of God. They said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things for Thy pleasure, and that they are uh, and were created. Revelation chapter number 4 and verse 11. Here's what them elders are saying around the throne of God. Thou art worthy, O God, God to receive honor and glory and power. That is our Savior. Jesus Christ is the Creator. God speaks of Jesus as His Son, and He, he appointed Him heir of all things, according to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, by whom also He made the world. I, I've probably read to you five, six, seven verses this morning telling you that Jesus Christ created all things. Amen. Created all things. Paul said in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 17, by him all things consist. By him. All things consist. By him this world spins. Amen. By him the sun comes up in the morning and the moon comes up. By Him, the stars shine and reflect the, the, the glory of God. Uh, by Him, uh, the birds chirp in the morning. And by Him, the deer run in the meadow. And by Him, the water flows through a river. And by Him, the oceans have waves. Hey, by Him, all things consist. By His power. We all, all obviously see the Lord in His infinite Christ. But then we see the illuminating Christ. Look with me in verse number 4. The Bible says, In Him was life. The life was the light of men. In Him was life. See, Satan came into this world by Adam, of course, the fall of Adam, and it brought death into the world. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus came and He brought life into the world. See, God, uh, the devil didn't have the final say. Yes, there was death. Yes, uh, listen, the Garden of Eden was a perfect place. It was a beautiful place. And the serpent beguiled Eve and, and, and deceived her. And she got to uh, thinking that she could be as God and wise as God. And so she took of the fruit and Adam willfully took it and ate it. And we knew that they knew automatically as the moment they bit into that fruit that was forbidden uh, from that tree, that was forbidden, uh, that they were uh, their sin, that the recognition of their depraved being was, was just, the, they, they recognized their sinful state. And from that point on, the Bible says that we were born condemned already. Sin, depraved, 
The Bible says in Romans 5, 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they shall receive abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness shall be reigning in the life by one Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1, or Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. Jesus said this in John chapter 5 and verse 25, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is come, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Jesus Christ did not come to bring death. Jesus Christ came to bring life. And the Bible says He came to bring life, and life more abundantly. The, the, the crucified life. The life that we live, uh, John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He said in John 14, 6, he said uh, uh, this is the only way that we can receive eternal life. He said uh, in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He called himself the way, the truth, and what? The life. Jesus Christ is the life. So He brought life into a dead world. We're living in a dead world. We're living in a world that is dying. We're living in a world where death is made much of. We're living in a world where uh, death is reigning. But my friend, we can experience life. And the only way that we experience life is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He said in John chapter 10, verse 28, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hands. Aren't you thankful for that? That no principality, no power, no devil, nobody's able to pluck us out of the Father's hand. Why? Because that's where life is. And He's sealed us by His Spirit. The Bible said in John chapter 20 and verse 31, But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus Christ is the Christ and the Son of the living God, and that believing ye might have life through His Name. The only way you have life this morning is through the name of Jesus Christ. So we're contending with, as, as Paul was contending with the Jerusalem, uh, they're the elders at Jerusalem. Here's what Peter said. Peter said this when contending at the leaders in Jerusalem. He said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The only way to be saved this morning, according to what Peter said of Christ, is believing in the name that's above every name. Jesus Christ. There's no other name under heaven. So those who neglect the Lord Jesus do so, and it's a detriment. Listen, if you're sitting here this morning and you have not put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a detriment. You're living in sin. You're living in trespasses. You're living dead. You've not experienced life yet until you have put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't even know about living until you're saved. Amen. You don't know about peace until you're saved. You don't know about hope until you're saved. Who gives all of that? The Lord Jesus does. Not only did He give life to a dead world, but He gave light to a dark world. Look with me in verse number 4. He said, in him was life, and the life was the what? Light of men. Notice verse 5. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So Jesus is the light of men, according to our text. 
The term light is used metaphorically in John to refer the illumination. If you were with us, I just finished preaching through the Gospel of John the last few years. And if you were with us on that journey, you heard the word light and you heard the word life a lot. Because metaphorically, that's what John described Jesus as. He was the light and he was the life. And here we see him used in, in, with the, both of those words in one verse, in verse number four, he is the life and he is the light. Jesus came to bring light into a dark world. Can I say this this morning? Everybody listen. The most important day of your life is when the light came on in your heart. Amen. Amen. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the day that you got saved. I should get more amens than that. Unless you're lost. Hey, we can you remember the day the light came on in your heart? Can you remember the day that the light came on? I'm talking about the day that you received Christ. The day you turned to Jesus Christ away from salvation to the Lord Jesus Christ and you put your faith in Him. Listen, that is the greatest day of your life. Make Christ the center of your Christmas because that's where the light is. Amen? Too many people today are wandering in the dark. They're wandering without hope. I read an article a few weeks ago that said uh, that uh, uh, suicide is at an all-time high among young people and college-age students and, and even senior citizens. Hey, that's a shame. You say, Pastor, what's causing all of that? I'll tell you what's causing that. People are searching for hope in a dark world. They're turning all kinds of different things and they're finding it's just an empty road, a dead-end road, uh, just emptiness. My friend, listen, we need to turn to Christ, which is the light. The light. The Bible says in Psalms 36 and verse number 9, For with thee is the fountain of life, and in thy light shall we see light. So Jesus is the light personified. If you want to read more about that, go to John chapter 8. We read it just a minute ago when we were lighting candles. John chapter 9 and verse 5. This is the source of spiritual light. We see not only did Jesus bring life to a dead world, not only did Jesus bring light to a dark world, but Jesus brought liability to a depraved world. Look with me in verse number 6. We're hastening, but look with me. The Bible says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. John the Baptist, he was the preparer. He was the forerunner. He was sent by God to bear witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was bearing witness those who witness for Christ are doing a great work. Let me tell you something. Uh, the greatest thing I, I said a moment ago you can do is you can, uh, you, the greatest thing that happened in your life is when the light came on in your heart. But let me tell you this, church. If the light came on in your heart and in your life and you're keeping the light to yourself, that's opposite of what our text is saying. We should let our lights shine. The symbolism in our candles being lit this evening, or this morning rather, and we, we sing in those Christmas hymns, the symbolism that comes with that is that we are passing the light to our neighbor, amen, 
and to those around us, and all of our lights together is a, is a bright light. But my friend, here's what's happening. Listen to me. Here's what's happening. Our lights are going out. John says, I'm not the light, and neither are you, and neither are myself. I'm not the light. I can't save nobody. I can go and tell people, hey, there's one coming. Hey, there's one coming who is the light. Hey, what did John say? Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. John was proclaiming, hey, I'm not the one that takes away sin. I'm not the one that you should be worshiping. I'm not the one that you should be following. There he is. I'm not even worthy to buckle his shoe latchets. There he is. There's Jesus. And by the way, when Jesus was baptized and that dove descended upon him and, and that voice that came from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It wasn't on John. The spotlight wasn't on John. What was John saying? That's him right there. You know what we ought to be doing, church? That's him. Every time you walk inside a church, every time you walk in your community, every time you walk out, wherever you are, you ought to let that light shine and say, that's him. That's him. That's him. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 20 says, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. All, listen to me, all anyone has to do in order to see God is just look around. Look around. The fact that there is a God and it's clearly seen in creation. Creation testifies to the fact that there is a sovereign God. He has left His incredible mark on this world. My friend, if you're here today and the light has not come on in your life, what a great Christmas it would be if you turned to Jesus Christ today and said, you know what, I'm tired of looking for hope in the wrong places. I'm tired of searching. I'm tired of looking. John Phillips said this, David may not have known what the gospel was, that the gospel was written in the stars, but the very fact that they were there, a great shining world's marching across the heavens, was an unmistakable witness to the fact that there is a God. My friend, if you don't know Christ this morning as your Savior, I beg of you today to come to Him. Let's pray together.